Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome here. Happy Sunday. Uh, thank you for joining us again. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple. Getting pretty familiar, Steve, with these uh, Husker Online offices on Sundays. Uh, we've been down here a lot the last two Sundays, and um, we're here now to discuss and react uh, to the firing of Nebraska defensive coordinator Eric Chenander, interim head coach Mickey Joseph, in a statement. Um, what time was the statement? The statement came in at, let's see, it came in at 12 or 154. So about an hour ago, um, Mickey Joseph announced that he has parted ways with Eric Chenander, longtime Scott Frost defensive coordinator for both UCF and then obviously here at Nebraska. Before that, they worked together at Oregon and Northern Iowa. And now Bill Bush has been named the interim defensive coordinator uh, to take over these final 10 weeks. Nebraska will play eight games over these 10 weeks. Mickey Joseph, Bill Bush worked together at LSU on a national championship staff with Ed Orgeron. Uh, that's the only change announced as of now. We'll hear from Mickey Joseph um, as well. And we've got full coverage of this on Husker Online. So make sure you get on Husker Online. Uh, I've got some early reaction up. We've got our general story up. Get on the Red Sea Scrolls message board. Uh, reminder, we got a great deal going on. Take advantage of that on Husker Online. $10 one year. But Steve Sipple, your reaction to the news on the firing of Eric Chenander here on this Sunday afternoon. Well, there's a couple ways you look at this. I mean, Sean, you would agree that there's a lot of talk about accountability in the program right now. Um, and that obviously extends to coaches and part of accountability is um, sometimes part of accountability is, is losing your job. You know, that's, that's one way to hold someone accountable, right. Is to fire them. Right. So there's, there is a lot of talk about that. Um, Now. So Mickey, you know, Mickey has, he's big on that, you know, talking about, you know, fulfilling your job. And if you don't, there's consequences. This is a consequence of accountability, right? That's what this is. Now, on the other hand, the thing I'd be concerned about if I, you know, if I were a Husker fan would be the impact all this tumult is having on players. It's a lot to handle. Uh, maybe I don't want to overblow that, but you heard Nick Henrich say yesterday, it's been a challenging week. We lost our head coach the guy who was in a lot of our living rooms. Um, okay. And he said, you know, we believed in Scott Frost. Nick Henrich said that. He said that we believe in Mickey too. My, my guess is they believed in Chenander. I don't think everything, their belief just went away in four games, right? Chenander, th- this all has happened very quick. Only om- Almost dizzying how quickly this has happened, right? Dizzying. I mean, this is game four. Nobody would have, I mean, Sean, who would have guessed in as as late as 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 recently as late August that Chenander would be out as Nebraska's defensive coordinator? Unbelievable. I mean, when you think about just where we were at a few weeks ago, Dublin, Ireland, just Friday, Saturday, sitting in Dublin, getting ready for that game, uh-huh. to think we'd be here. A few oh, weeks later, I mean, uh, and and we just got news as well. Um, a, a decommitment has already happened. Cameron Lenhart, the four-star edge player from IMG Academy, has announced um, on Twitter um, that he has reopened his commitment. Um, and and this is going to happen. I mean, this is this is this is a reality of coaching changes. Mm-hmm. So nobody should be surprised. But uh, this is the first decommit that's happened for Nebraska. Um, since the coaching changes have been made, um, and, and Linhart was the, the most recent one. He actually committed to Nebraska while we were in Dublin, um, and, and that was when that and it happened. So Edge player? Edge player. And the interesting deal on that is Ashley Williams was originally committed, and that was a Mickey Joseph guy, mm-hmm. um, but the defensive staff wanted Cameron Linhart, so uh, they only had one spot available because they already had Maverick Noonan, so Linhart got that spot. 
Um, and then Williams ended up having to decommit and go to Auburn. So there was a little bit of drama, I think, behind the scenes as well, maybe with some of the defensive coaches and Joseph, because that was Joseph's guy. Oh boy. Um, I mean, you know, these things get, get like this. Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean this is, this is what's, I mean, it, this is real life stuff going on right now. And yeah, yeah, it is. It, it doesn't always feel like it around here. It feels like it's a, we're dealing with a fiction novel half the time, but no, this is real. This is real. But if you're just joining us right now, we have 725 people joining us live already. And the numbers are going up here by the minute as we react. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Husker Online. Uh, we, we said we'll probably do about a half hour. It might go longer. It just depends how the show goes. Um, but we're, we already got more people on right now than we did last night. So uh, these Sunday afternoon shows. Well, let's, let's delve into it, Sean. I mean, again, Eric Chenander's defenses at Nebraska had made incremental progress, once you say since 2018 got a little better in 2019 got a little better in 2020 got a little better in 2021 the bottom fell out fast and it's you think about you're right because think about how they played at rutgers how play how well they played there on the end of the 2020 year mm -hmm. i mean how well they played in some of those games at times but then they'd have some of those anomaly games like illinois and minnesota in 2020 but last year they held michigan state without a first down the entire second half they held Kenneth Walker to his worst game of the year by far. They slowed. They held Ohio State without a touchdown in the second half. Less less than a year ago. And see how see how quickly this stuff can happen. It's, a, it's like that coaching profession is is amazing to me. It's really it would be really hard for most people to stomach. I would think Shenander riding high, not riding high, not riding high, but all but but it felt like his career was on an upward trajectory. As recently as last November, right? Well, and, and yeah, right? is that am I? Not I see right? the comments from people that he, this should have happened at the end of last season, and I disagree with that. Like they, the defense was not the issue last year. No, they had the defense had Nebraska positioned to win all but a couple games. Scott Scott Frost, the former head coach, has said that that the defense played well enough. Let's put it that way: played well enough for Nebraska to win all but a couple games. They fulfilled their obligation on that side of the ball most of last season. And and nobody was talking about Eric Chenander as as being under fire going into this season. Not many people. Now, in, in hindsight, after he loses his job, I, I guess people can come out and say, yeah, I, I knew this was going to happen. But come on, nobody was saying it. If I would have said that, if I would have said that in any forum in late August, people would have said, simple, you're losing your mind. I mean, you're losing your mind. If you think Eric Chenander's on a hot seat, right? Well, hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. And let's go through the numbers now. I mean, you, you look at where they are right now, Sip, and we've Ugh. we've it seen out. some of the worst defensive numbers in Nebraska's program history. Hit them. Um, but you look at the, the total defensive numbers for Nebraska. They're 128th in the country. They've allowed 19 touchdowns. In four games, 514 yards. Nebraska's five fourteen uh, per game. Per game. It's an per incredible game. number. Um, the, the teams below Nebraska, just for reference, are Akron, Bowling Green, and Charlotte. Um, the next power five team is North Carolina. They're 468. So Nebraska's 514. So Nebraska is, you know, 50 yards below the next power five peer. On the on the defensive uh, chats uh, charts here, and uh, Trey's got it pulled up here. This is the NCAA updated Sunday morning defensive stats here for Nebraska, um, and and I'm going to get you scoring defensive ones here as well, Trey, just because um, it is fascinating when when you look at just these numbers. Uh, where is Nebraska at on the scoring defense? Like in in reference, like scoring defense. Iowa's only giving up 4.3 points a game, and Georgia's only giving up 3.33 points per game. Uh, let's see where Nebraska falls on this list. Um, Nebraska's 114th right now in scoring defense, 35.5 points per game. Mm -hmm. In the last two games, the last two games, Georgia Southern and Oklahoma, 
would would you would have to characterize them as debacles defensively okay when there's back to back debacles sean your job you're you're going to be highly scrutinized and maybe lose your job they're debacles they're not bad performances they're 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 incredibly bad performances now if okay no, they're incredibly I'm, bad i'll also though to say this so the offense was equally as bad yesterday. <laughs> yeah, 12 I mean, empty possessions. So they score opening drive. Great possession, as we, we all agree. Defense got an opening three and out or great first stand. They score. So, I mean, they had good momentum in that game. The offense went 12 possessions in a row without points. So what does that do? It puts the 128th ranked defense on the field a lot more than it needs to be. So bo both sides yesterday. I mean, what the that that's only my that would, my constructive con criticism complaint would be was the defense the only problem yesterday, or was, was this obviously a body of work thing for the, the first four games? Are we just talking about yesterday? Are we just talking? Are we? Are do you oh, think for, for, on the, on the decision to fire? Are you think this is like Shenander? all four games? Like, yep, I've I think seen it's enough. Four. Yeah, I, I think it's four. If you think about it, think about Northwestern. Northwestern had five hundred twenty-eight yards of total offense. Nebraska didn't. Didn't stop the run in that game hardly at all. Followed that up against North Dakota with a fairly shoddy performance. I mean, it was extreme in nature when you give up a 16-play drive to North Dakota. Very extreme. I, I, my, my theme for this season so far has been encapsulated by the word extreme. There's so much extreme. 528 yards by Northwestern. That's extreme. A 16-play drive by North Dakota, that's extreme. 642 yards to Georgia Southern. All <laughs> All-time right? record. Right. In, on your home field in a night game. That's extreme circumstance. Oklahoma scoring on seven straight possessions. Seven and straight. 355 right? yards at halftime. That's extreme. These are extreme things that lead to guys getting fired. These aren't, these aren't somewhat normal circumstances. I mean, things we've never seen before. Right. So – you're right, though, Sean, that it – I mean, I don't know. I, I can tell you're a, you're a little bit – you have some reservations with this move. Well, am, am I reading we've you never, wrong? Well, we've never seen this before. I mean, we've been around every – and by the way, you're getting crap for how you say debacle. Oh, it's debacle. I was saying debacle. Debacle. You yeah. got a couple people in the debacle. comments that, <laughs> yeah, debacle. <laughs> they called debacle. you Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> um, all right. So no, no. Now, have we seen this before? Mid-season. Well, Cosgrove, like that was a type of year where you'd fire a coordinator the way they played in 07. And he didn't get fired. And he didn't get fired. No. And in some ways, you know, Cosgrove in 06 had a good year. Mm -hmm. Banker They're Banker got fired before. I mean, he got fired after the season. Yeah, after they won, after they won nine games. Yeah, I mean, he got fired after the Tennessee game. Was it, okay? It was after the bowl. Game. Yeah, so That's it was right. after. Yeah, I was thinking it was now, after the regular season final, but it wasn't. It was after the bowl game. We haven't seen a a in season firing of a coordinator here. That I am I missing? Something? Have we ever? I mean, other than Coach Frost's firing, um, take away like a coach getting fired before the bowl regular season. Have have we? When's the last time? an assistant coach has been fired at Nebraska during the regular season. I mean, Keith Williams got a DUI. Yeah, that was during the season. And and didn't but lose his job. Usually Sean, usually our our fans and and listeners and viewers can remember this stuff better than I can. I look at see if anybody's coming up with it. I don't think there has been. I mean, I'm my mind's kind of racing right now. Hold on. Uh, Jeffrey has a comment I wanted to bring your attention. Uh, he makes a good point. He goes, he thinks the portal and NIL has killed Nebraska. Well, now we're jumping around a little bit. Let I know. Think about that. The portal and the NIL. I don't want to lose this. We're getting so many comments. We have over 1,100 people online right now, and I, I didn't want to lose um, that comment. Well, th let's put that on the back burner, the portal and NIL is killing Nebraska. I, I don't know that I'd go that far right now. And by the way, the portal and NIL could save Nebraska ultimately, right? I mean, you got to keep that in mind too. It could save them. Um, that's the hope was that it would save Nebraska. Now it looks like things are spinning out of control. Now, you know, don't go overboard though, Sean. We don't want to go overboard here. They made a move. Mickey made a move that, I mean, I have some reservations about, but not, not a lot of reservations. It's it's not 
I mean, in the context of yesterday, not a perfect look for Mickey, right? I mean, he said, this is on me. It's not on the assistants. It's not on the players. And then fewer than 24 hours later, he whacked one of his assistants. So he did leave open, however, the possibility that after watching video of the game that there could be moves. Now, the question I have for you to keep this on track is they've, na they've named Bill Bush the D.C. now defensive coordinator will bush continue to coach special will he be the special teams coordinator and the defensive coordinator i am not sure how you would do that is there an analyst right that works with bush that wasn't part of the, the announcement that wasn't part of the announcement though right no See, and I, now we will hear from mickey joseph on tuesday at okay. 11 30 um that's the only media availability over the bye week well he needs to be available after this i mean it would have been better to be available tomorrow um, but what do you do? I mean, Bush cannot possibly be a coordinator for special teams and defense that, that that's an incredible job, right? I just don't see how he could do that. So there's got, that's the first question in my mind to Mickey, who is the special teams And there's an analyst. I'm sure I'm positive that Bill Bush has an analyst at a system and that's probably who they'll, well, how do you feel about that? You're okay. Special teams. Speaking of debacles, <laughs> special teams has been a debacle at Nebraska for some time, not necessarily this year because Bill was doing a pretty good job, although yesterday Marvin Mims got loose on two punt returns, one for 18, one for 34. They gave Oklahoma a big jolt early in that game, right? Turned the game, really. Yeah. So special teams can't be glossed over. We've If there's any fan base in America that knows that, it's this one. Now, Sean, I ask you the question. You're you're telling me an analyst is going to handle special teams? Well, who else do you have available to do it? Good question. You have GAs, you have right. analysts. And maybe Bill will try to handle both, but how do you do that? You've been around football all, for your essentially your entire adult life. How can a person handle the coordinator duties for special teams, which is an enormous, enormous task when you think about it? All the players involved, the various teams, the intricacies of that. And then also game plan for defense? <sighs> There's no way. Well, Frost didn't have a special teams coordinator the last two years. It's true. I mean, they they just kind of winged it the last two years. Well, they didn't wing it, but they just left it in the hands of I all mean, the staff. Yeah, they didn't really have a sound plan. My guess is this. Knowing Bill is that he'll say, I'll handle the defense. I'll oversee special teams. But it's I'm gonna it's gonna be up to the individual coaches, position coaches to really ramp up their involvement. That would be my guess. And I don't know, Sean, do you put an analyst in charge? That's maybe now well, like there's Mike, another wild card okay. here. There's another wild card. Hold on, hold on. Mickey maybe just takes over special teams. But like, okay, Mike Cassano was an analyst, he's now receivers coach. Mike Cassano at one point in his career was a full time assistant coach. At multiple places like frank verducci is an analyst he was once an offensive coordinator for iowa okay so there i mean when i say analysts i mean these are basically kind of former coaches in a lot of senses that are not you know on the road recruiting anymore but they're just it's really stopgap though I mean, yeah it's really not a, it's not a good plan but yeah the the punter situation or not the the special team situation is is an in, interesting deal. I mean, has B Bush put enough of a blueprint down that they can just keep following what he did? That's uh, a good question. You know, I, I raised the idea of Mickey taking over because Bo took it over. Remember Bo Pelini? Jamrog. Yeah. yeah as well. well. Yeah, but Bo was essentially coaching special teams late in his tenure, right? And Sean Ryan in the chat just said, Saban coaches special teams here. Thank you for that comment, Sean. Yeah. So maybe Mickey... Mickey has a heavy hand in that going forward. But anyway, the news of the day is, you know, one you know, one day after Nebraska got rattled by Oklahoma 49 to 14 and gave up seven straight TDs, if I'm not mistaken, seven straight drives with, that ended in a TD. Um, Eric Chenander is out. And it's, it's, it's incredible in the context of what he's done at the school and how he was, how highly he was regarded going into this season. I mean, he, he hadn't produced great defenses here. Now there's, I don't know. There's probably a lot of people biting back on that notion that he had, that he was highly regarded. I thought he was pretty highly regarded in the, 
in the fan base, generally speaking. Um, but he's out. I mean, Eric Chenhenter's out. And it's it's amazing. And I will go back to this. And, and we talked about this, you know, last night and this morning. What's what's what you hope is within the program, this isn't too much for the players losing the head coach one week and then losing the top lieutenant the next. Eric Chanander was was Frost's top lieutenant, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. He's, he was the head coach of the defense. So you're losing your head coach if you're a player one week and then your top lieutenant the next. Now, that's a lot for players, and that's that would be my concern. Now, that's, not, that's Mickey's concern, and you just hope they're rallying around their head coach, who's only been there for a few months. I'm going to try to see if I can um, – we got the drive chart here pulled up. Um, if you can go to the drives there, Trey – I, yeah, I could be wrong. I thought it was seven um, straight. And scroll over to the Oklahoma. There you go. And this is Oklahoma. So they started out punt. TD1 was the 61-yard Dylan Gabriel scramble scramble play. That kind of ignited them. But then the defense comes back and forces another punt. So they actually forced a punt on two of the first three Saturday. Right. But then this is when the wheels came out. TD, 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 all of them long drives. Missed field goal. TD, TD, TD. So okay. six straight, seven straight drives that had point opportunities, okay. six for touchdowns, one missed field goal. Okay. Then the, then the game Thank you, ended. Sean. Now go to the Nebraska side of things. So let's uh, let's look at Nebraska's drive chart yesterday. Opening drive, TD. Then you look at the offense. Four plays, 18, six for two, three for negative 12, three for negative five. So that's a pretty sudden change to put the defense back out there. I mean, if you're if you're just looking at this like objectively, um, and that was just the first quarter. I mean, that, that first quarter yesterday lasted about an hour. Mm -hmm, it did. And you look at the next drive. Nebraska had the one nice drive, 11 plays, 57 yards. And then they – they I think that was when Anthony Grant got tackled short on the mm -hmm. first down. And then they punted halftime, fumble, punt, punt. I mean, the offense – I still believe was just as big, if not a big as a disaster as the defense yesterday. That that that's what's interesting to me about all of this. Both sides were equally as bad yesterday. Yeah, and if you're <laughs> Sean, just step away for a second. I mean, this is all moving very fast, and um, I can tell your head spinning. I just want you to put yourself in the shoes of the remaining assistant coaches. I mean, put yourself in the shoes of Donovan Rayola. Is is Donovan Rayola worried about his job right now? Is Barrett Root worried about his job right now? Um, Travis Fisher. Travis Fisher. I mean, Dawson. And and those guys. This is a tough deal. I mean, they're they're, they're close to Eric. It's a. I can't. I mean, listen. In college football, you better be able to operate in discomfort because there's a lot of it. Right. You got to be able to well, as the you got to be able to work in uncomfortable circumstances. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, Sunday at Memorial Stadium right now is really uncomfortable. It's a really uncomfortable. It's got to be Well, and, and this coach. I mean, you can confirm this like we both coaches were in there and nobody really had any idea. At noon at noon. All was pretty quiet. This this happened afternoon. After after straight up noon, as we know, because, you know, I was I was talking to uh, somebody up there and that. So it that's why I once again, I got kind of got caught. I, I didn't know something was going to happen. I tried to go get a workout in so much for that. Um, and here we go again. Now, some <laughs> people are going to push back and probably say, relax, simple. It's not uncomfortable. I don't know how you could say that if people are saying that this is a, this is remarkable what's happening here. Think about it in the context of Nebraska's history, Sean. Nebraska was once known in a previous life as a place where there was incredible stability. It's what Nebraska hung its hat on. Now think about that. That Think about what's happened recently in the context of all of Nebraska's stability that occurred mostly under Osborne, right? It's incredible what's happening now. Yeah, it started with Steve Peterson's firing of Frank. Right. But really, before that, it started with Frank making the O2 staff changes. O2, yeah, 2002. And, and we were in there that day oh, in, yeah. in that room. That and, was seismic. And that was Frank, seismic. we waited outside, and Frank brought us in. Mm -hmm. And 
you could tell how hard that day was for him. And, and it just started kind of this downward cycle of change that we've seen now for 20 years. Yeah. But it's, it's, I mean, what's going on right now is, is still unprecedented. Like we established during, during the early part of the schedule, a head coach and a, and a defensive coordinator being fired. I've never seen that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And you got 10 weeks left with eight games. And I guess the one thought is you've got a bye week now. So what is yeah. – and, and, you know, they are – I don't know how many practices they're allowed to have because just because they have two bye weeks, it doesn't mean they can use extra practices. Um, they get the extra bye week because of week zero. And they started camp very early, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so they – um you know, I don't know if they can practice every day this week, but I would imagine Nebraska will try to go three days this week. Um, but they're scheduled, from what I know, to practice on Monday. Have you heard any other details on the schedule? I haven't. I, I, I reached out, but I have not heard back. So I don't know what the pra- – I mean, it's possible Mickey doesn't know the practice schedule yet. Um, I mean, he's, he's making some pretty big moves up there. Now, here's my question to you, Sean. Is he done? I know you don't like it when I ask you questions that you don't know. I don't know either. Do you think he's done making changes? I mean, so what would you do at that point? That's the thing. Like, Shenander was a general, and his loyal lieutenants were Dawson and Fisher. Those guys, and Rude. And Barrett, right. Those three guys are so close to Eric. I mean, they go back to the two, the two years at UCF together, and in some cases, Oregon with some of those guys, and Chip Kelly. And, I mean, so – how are those other coaches handling it? And they're, they're professionals. They understand. And you know, you heard Travis Volkolek bring this up. And by the way, one of our uh, Husker online users did bring this up. What about uh, DJ Volkolek as an elevated assistant coach in this situation? Uh, because of his, he used to be a full-time coach for many, many years. Was he coach on the defensive side? Yeah. Okay. He's been a defensive coordinator before too. Yeah. Well, that he could be, he, they could elevate DJ Volkolek for sure. I hope Mickey has a, that's a good plan in mind. But, you know, it's, again, I, I'm trying to put all this in context, Sean. Um, one, one thing that I can remember distinctly in talking to Eric, the last time I had a one-on-one interview with him, a long one, was before spring ball, right before spring ball. And think about it, Sean. What he laid out was, the, was he thought the defense had this. Well, he laid out this this interesting scenario where, where he said it's so much different for the defensive staff than the offensive staff, which had made all those changes, right? He said there was always kind of a – in the offices sort of a scramble on the offense, that they're meeting a lot, that they're getting to know each other, they have tremendous challenges and trying to get everything together. While the defense, he said, we're just making tweaks. It's not frenzied. We, because we're a staff that's been together. This is going to be our fifth year together. Um, you know, Dawson left for a little bit, but Barrett's been there and Fisher's been there, right? Dawson, w- one year out, came back. Um, so there's so much familiarity that Eric's theme was, we just got to make tweaks. Reload, essentially. Yeah. He said, we just got to get one more sack per game, one more turnover per game, one more tfl per game and we're we'll be pretty much where we want to be if we do that and if you look at them statistically sean if they were getting one more sack and one one more a couple more tfls they would be like a top 40 type defense but and this is where people wonder what's happening what happened to the defense why now we know partly they're not gap sound they don't tackle well but how did that happen? And we got the sack stats pulled up here uh, oh, right boy. now. Nebraska's ranked simple 110th uh, nationally, averaging one sack per game. So four sacks in four games. I mean, you put in perspective, uh, 
in the Big 12 championship game against Texas, who was ranked number one or two back in 09, I think Nebraska had like 11 sacks in that one game alone. Well, Oklahoma had four sacks against UTEP in the first half. And well, then, then, they, three, then four sacks yesterday. They had three in a five-play span right. yesterday. Yeah, they're not – in in this that speaks to why there's a change made you know i mean and you're looking at the sack numbers here right now in nebraska um you know in there and that stats can be misleading yeah they can going into yesterday georgia only had one sack on the year and a lot of that because teams aren't holding the ball very long they're getting rid of the ball really quick right. against georgia so that can be misleading one thing i'll say and I've had somebody bring this up to me, the defensive look for Nebraska, they really kind of lightened their front up to try to get Garrett, O'Shawn, and Caleb out there together. And, you know, Nebraska kind of lost some of that physical some bulk, that bulk. Um, you think about what it used to be up front. I mean, those three down linemen were all pretty big guys. Stilly, Damian Daniels, and then it could be DeAndre. Ty Robinson. Ty Robinson, right. Yeah, Casey so they, Rogers. They had three just big bodies up uh -huh. there. And, you know, I, Garrett Nelson is just not built like that. No. Neither is O'Shawn. And Colton Feast is not yeah. built like no, that. Colton Feast, as you've pointed out, lower, kind of a smaller, lowers, lower body, um, fast. I mean, Colton try. I mean, Colton Feast has to rely on quickness, but they're getting shoved around. They now, lost Sean, a lot of height, though, and weight on the front. Yeah. Sean, here's the thing. I don't, you know me, I'm not really a statist statistics guy. I don't get mired in that i trust what i see a lot and if you if you just step back which i'm trying to do a lot here i mean sean i try to just step back the defense has been terrible i mean i don't care what they're doing statistically i don't need to know the stats i see what i see it's astounding how bad they've been at times let's face it like northwestern it raised a huge red flag Oh, huge red flag. 16 play drive from north dakota yeah extreme I go back to that. We're talking about it. We're, we're having very extreme discussions, Sean, and they're negatively extreme, right? I mean, there's you can have positive extreme discussions like scoring 21 points every quarter against Minnesota during the scoring explosion season. That's an extreme circumstance, right? Well, now it's we're, we're talking about a very negative extreme circumstance. Giving up, having back-to-back -back games like Georgia Southern and Oklahoma, Sean, if, you, if you're really honest with yourself and honest with the situation, that can get a coach fired. Back-to-back -back games like that, you saw it. You were sitting up there against Georgia Southern in the press box, and you were pissed. I don't see you like that very often. Against Georgia Southern, Nebraska? Oh, yeah. You well, said this is a joke. That's that's what we were saying. Well, I mean, that stadium's been around for over a hundred years, mm -hmm. and Georgia Southern with the first year head coach switching from the Veer staff Veer option to an air raid, yeah. and they put up the most yards in the history of the stadium. Right in the stadium, right ever. That's, a, that's extreme. And that's extreme. You know, third down defense, and I've got these stats pulled up too. Third down third defense down. has been atrocious there for you Nebraska, go. and. Uh, we got that here. Nebraska is 123rd right now in the nation out of 131 teams in third down defense right now. So they're giving up third downs at a 52.5% clip. Think about that. Uh, I am. I am thinking about it. And as far as Power 5 programs, Colorado is lower. Hey, Colorado's on the schedule next year, by the way. Yeah, Colorado's. Colorado's giving up over seven yards of carry, by the way. Or Oregon. How about Oregon, though? Oregon is um, dead last in third down defense, and yeah. they handled BYU. I think that Georgia game, Yeah, they got blown out by Georgia early. Once again, it's why I don't really stare at statistics. I but mean, with I, four games, that is a pretty good body of work. Yeah. I mean, I, I know what I'm seeing. I mean, they, um, they're, playing, they're playing really bad defense over there right now, and, and there's a guy who lost his job. Now, Eric – Eric is, is a, I mean, aren't now people always do this. It's sort of cliche, but it's interesting, right? Because Eric just didn't forget how to coach, but something's happened. There's a disconnect. He's not getting what he needs to out of the players. There's, so, there's certain players you can identify that I, we don't have to identify him by name, but people know 
generally what we're talking about that just haven't come along. Well, and they, there's mean, veteran players that have been here for two or three years that you're seeing regress. Major um, missing misses on the recruiting front too. Like younger guys that mm -hmm. should kind of be taking those developmental progression steps have not done that. Mm -hmm. You know, they right. have not, and I don't want to throw kids names no, out. Don't. You don't need to, but guys that should kind of be moving up the depth chart mm -hmm. aren't, aren't doing that. Nope. And then you have to go bring transfers in. I mean, you're playing Devin Drew 40 snaps or so a game, and he had only been here like two weeks. August 10th. I mean, can you imagine? He arrived, Devin Drew arrived, well, he started practice in August 10th. Can you imagine like 1997 or something? Or just saying, <laughs> oh, hey, uh, no. Tom, um, you're going to start a guy or play a guy 40 snaps a game that's only been here. It arrived two, August 10th? That's only been here two weeks. No, I can't imagine it. I've never happened. I mean, it, I don't think that ever happened here, Sean. This program since the 90s is a shadow of itself. It's sort of scary. And this is, I mean, this is why, look, look, <laughs> Sean, Trev has a big job, my friend. Jo Trev Alberts, the Nebraska AD, has to figure out how to clean up this mess. It's not, I mean, Mickey, I don't know. God bless him, but this mess is, this is a big one. Right we else. have a mess on our hands. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. And thank you for everyone for joining us right now. 1,700 live viewers right now, Steve Sipple. Um, so just a few people interested in yeah. what's going on and uh, on this NFL Sunday. Probably watching NFL and watching this, right? But no, we, we, we're having fun. Like we, well, not that much fun. I, you, you're, you know, fun. Eric, you know, Eric. Yeah, well. I'm not having, I mean, I've known Eric obviously since he's been I'm not having but just no. doing these shows it's yeah. been it's been a new addition we've added um on Husker Online since September 1st and um it's it's been you know interesting to get to do these and kind of react instantly you know and, yeah. and share your thoughts well we're sharing our thoughts at a an incredible time in this program's history I mean this is incredible what's what we're seeing and that's and Sean I find it very challenging to put it into perspective having covered the team during its during its the very height of the program in the 90s and then and then it's been in, in sort of an uh, i'd say there's a lot of emotions in a, that go into watching the spiral i mean it's in some ways i don't know but about about but i but this is one recurring thought i have during this whole thing i hope Never again do we take for granted nine wins. Never again do we take for granted a program that that churns out nine, ten win seasons. Never again do we take for granted winning, because it can go it can go south in a in a hurry, and it's hard to get it back. So that's the one thing that's always in the back of my mind. You cannot. I hope the God Ohio State fans don't take for granted what's going on there. Because it can well look at Alabama fans. They they had to go through a long right. stretch. Um, Oklahoma had Oklahoma to go had to go through a long. You, you can go through it. USC's gone through yeah. a stretch. I mean, yeah. but Nebraska's stretch here. I mean, this is historically bad. Yeah, I mean, you think about 2017, and even Mike Riley's first year when they only won six that year. To I mean that that stretch from 16 or 15 to now. I mean, it, it, it's. You'll be hard pressed to find any Power Five programs that have had this many rough years in a row. Right. I used to. I mean, there was a point where there's a there's a few guys in the market that would say, "Simple, you should be able to roll out of bed and win nine games at Nebraska." And I I really that used to really anger me because I knew because I knew it wasn't the fact it wasn't the case that that suggestion by anybody that you could roll out of bed and win nine games somewhere. Was I thought it was a, I thought that was a show of disrespect to the sport of football, like that you you think you can just make that work easily, and 
uh, I've always had that in the back of my mind. They could go bad. Well, the beginning years of the Big Ten, they only played eight league games. Mm-hmm. And Purdue. Oh, yeah, we don't. We butt heads on this topic a little bit. And don't Purdue we? and Illinois and some of the teams like that were pretty low. <laughs> right. Like, they, they weren't paying coaches much. Right. They, they weren't building facilities. Okay. And they, they had empty stadiums. I suppose. They also give scholarships out to great but, players. I mean, Daryl Hazel and no, I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not backing down. I, I know you don't agree with me. On I'm that. saying there were games when Nebraska first joined this league that you could play poor and still win. <laughs> yeah. Now it doesn't work like that. No, it that. doesn't work like that. I at mean, all. Brett, you're not gonna beat Brett Bielema or Greg Jeff, Schiano. How or about Greg, Greg Schiano or yeah. Jeff Brom or Mike right. Loxley? Right. Oh, you're right. On Thank a bad you. day. No, you look at what Maryland was doing last night against SMU. Did you know, they yes, win? I don't know if they won, but it was a great game. And Maryland, hey, come on. I mean, Maryland, that offense, what what do you think it'd score against Nebraska if they played today? Maryland. I, I'd put it at 38 right away. 38 is, would be the lowest I'd go. Maryland. What's Mo Ibrahim going to do to Nebraska? <laughs> We're, they're, it's trouble. It's trouble. Run through a lot of tackles. Let's be real. I mean, They'll PJ run through Fleck, a lot of tackles. he's going to want to come in here and just stick the flag, uh, that's right? That's another I, issue we have here. Nobody's going to feel sorry for No. That. I mean, because they don't like – I mean, Nebraska fans are very vocal mm-hmm. on social media and, and mm-hmm. proud still and wave their finger around. And Nobody's going to feel sorry for anybody. Iowa, What's the Barry Alvarez quote you love? <laughs> what did he say? He goes, nobody cares. Right. When you're down – Nobody cares. Nobody cares. When you're down, nobody feels bad for you. Nobody nope. cares. Nobody cares. Right. 1,800, by the way, Steve Sippel. <laughs> online i think we have more right now than we had last sunday yeah well it's this is big i mean it's again sean the reason people are interested is because we haven't seen this maryland won by the way 34 27 yeah i mean maryland maryland would sean i know it sounds it's rough to have these conversations but maryland's offense would do a number on nebraska right now i've watched enough of them it would do a number. You know what would be scary is if Iowa's offense does a number on Nebraska. I don't think it will. I don't think that will happen. I don't think Indiana will do a number. Nebraska's got to get its wins against offenses that aren't very good. That's that's what you got to capitalize on. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of that on the schedule, right? There's a few teams. Illinois struggles offensively. Indiana struggles offensively. Iowa struggles offensively. Um, those are ones that come to my mind. You better hope you can get those those games. Um, because Nebraska's offense isn't too bad. Yesterday, notwithstanding, Nebraska's offense has been pretty good. I know, I know yesterday wasn't good, but it has been pretty good. I still think Casey is gives you stability and you and you definitely have decent skill players. Offensive line, I mean, really didn't hold up well at all against that Oklahoma blitz yesterday. And that was that was that was probably the most critical factor, right? Casey started getting banged around and it got tough. I saw Casey after the game, though, and and talked to him for a brief moment, and, and he seemed fine. Yeah, so, I think he's fine. Like, he, he didn't have, like, ice on his body. No. I mean, I'm sure he did treatment, but... If you're a Nebraska fan, you should thank heavens for Casey Thompson because he's very stable, very mature. He's not going to flake out. Um, he'll be there. He'll be there ready to fight uh, against Indiana. Now... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As we kind of transition and wrap up here, I want to talk about coaching names too. Um, Urban Meyer, they came out with reports today. Pete Thamel, who's as plugged in as anybody in college football, said that uh, no contact expected between Urban Meyer and Nebraska. Robin had something up here on Husker Online um, today. Were you surprised? I mean, because we've seen – I don't know if I buy it. We've seen kind of conflicting reports. Right. I know you reported on the Red Sea Scrolls Friday. Right. Alberts and Meyer were expected to talk. Right. Dennis Dodd, a guy we've known a long time from Mm -hmm. CBS, had a report that they were going to talk. Pete Thamel, who I know well and is one of the best out there, reports this. So what do you make of that? 
Uh, I don't know. I'm th- I just thank God I reported that they were expected to talk and not that they did talk because, you know, I mean, I, my source said that they planned to talk. I'm not convinced they didn't. Why wouldn't Trev, why wouldn't Trev just at least talk to him to ask him for some thoughts? It wouldn't even have to be face to face. You could do it. You could do it on some other. Well, Larry, form. the cable guy talked to him, we know. Right. So whatever. <laughs> I mean, Sean, as you know, in these when there's a coaching vacancy, it gets sort of weird reporting wise, right? There's a lot of off the record source material that it's hard. To now, Brennan Stye, was that on the show or off the show when he said that? That's the, another thing in this world now. I don't even now. Now you have to make the distinction whether it was a hot mic comment or on air. Because I know I saw Jack. Mitch, I think that was on the air because Jack right. Mitchell did tweet that. So that we, I don't think that was a part of the hot mic. Yeah, we've portion. added another layer to the strange media world. And now you got to make the distinction whether you're on hot mic or not. I don't, God only knows, Sean. I mean, it's, there's going to be a lot of strangeness. Going I think we've forward. seen more hot mic things in right. this market than anywhere in the last year. Yeah. Remember what was the big, well, one? Ted Carter, Ted Carter got hot mic. He basically announced the press release that the big 10 was coming back before the big 10 or something like that. He right? got hot mic. Some people, some people speculated that he knew the mic was on and wanted to say it. Bo Pelini obviously was hot mic'd. Yeah. He got, he got set up, it seems like. I think he got there's a rat that got Bo. Um, so yeah, in this world, you better be careful. And these when I mean when we're done with this, I always say to you, are we off? Are, are we off right now? Trey, make sure our mics are off. Yeah. <laughs> He's laughing in yeah, the background. Trey, don't get me hot mic'd. Um, but anyway, Sean, yeah, that's an interesting report. Now, is that now in your mind, does that do it? No more Urban Meyer discussion? No. Are you um, sure? Are you sure? I think um I think you're just gonna see a lot of people continue to bring him up, but this is an Lance Leipold's gonna keep gaining steam. And I know like he's not gonna be a real hot, sexy name for for fans because he's a Kansas coach, but they're favored again, eight points now against Duke and a not a basketball game, a football game this weekend in Lawrence, Kansas. They could be four and oh. Yeah, they played Duke. Yes. They're three and oh. Nebraska hasn't won three games in a row since 2016. Well, it's not just that they're three and oh. It's they have back-to-back road wins, Sean, against West Virginia. Now, West Virginia is not great, but that's not an easy place to win. And Houston. They they wouldn't beat a they wouldn't beat a West Virginia, Houston, Houston, and who is their other win? They beat somebody, they beat a they beat a non. Well, and they schedule tough. Uh, they I beat mean, a bad. No, they beat a bad team. In the think open. about that. Their non-conference games are Duke and Houston. I think they beat Middle Tennessee. In the it's open. not like they're just playing like sisters of the poor. No. Now, now, now that Duke game is. I, I mean, if he gets to four and zero at Kansas, uh, then the next two games they'll have a he'll have a good chance to get to five and one. Then the schedule gets really difficult. But Kansas, Kansas in year two. Kansas in year two going to West Virginia and Houston back to back weeks and winning. Could Nebraska do that? My question no, to you. Could, no. Come on. I, I'm just, I just want to hear your reaction. Yeah. I got it. I got it. Hell no. Not right now. They're disrepair. I mean, they're Nebraska. I mean, they barely beat North Dakota. Right. They're not going on the road and beating Houston. They're not going on the road and beating West Virginia. No. And a lot of it's a mentality. That's the unfortunate thing is the ability to close games, win games. That mentality has just gone away. Well, I don't even again, Sean, it's hard to put in perspective what's going on. I if people come at us a little bit with like you guys misjudged this team sorely, we did. But who didn't? Vegas did. Yeah. Guys that make billions of dollars on props and gambling bets had this team at seven and a half wins. Right. And you know, there was still a lot of people, including us, picking a close game on Saturday. Not everybody. I had a did. ten point. Yeah, and I did my initial pick was seventeen, and I brought you it into stuck ten. With that, yeah, I should have stuck with seventeen. I I had forty one twenty four. I brought it up to forty one thirty one. Right. So, I don't know. I hope we've answered some questions. The biggest question out there for me right now is how. Okay, Bill Bush is going to take over the defense. Who's who, is he going to still coach special teams? I can't believe he would. Um, and if and if he's not, then how do they handle special teams at Nebraska? That's what I'm wondering right now. It's possible Bill would say, "I'm just going to do both." I don't. I think he. I think your suggestion is he sort of still oversees special teams, but I don't know how you just oversee it without being. Being. I think you have to dive headlong into special teams. I don't know if you can just oversee it. 
I, been a lot of people say Ron Brown, but I don't, I can't see no, Ron Brown being only a day. He's never coached special teams. He, I couldn't see him being a day to day schematic planning guy. No, like that's not his strength. That's not his. That's not what he's there. He for. didn't even really do that as a running back. He was not involved in schematic stuff. No, you know it won't be Ron. There's coaches over there that I frankly don't not all that familiar with that maybe there's a name over there you could come up with that could just take over special teams. But Sean, I don't know how do you come on. I mean, Bill Bush, Bill Bush, nobody on that staff has the experience with special teams that Bill Bush has, or even close to it. All right. Well, it's been a busy weekend and it's going to get busier. Uh, we'll hear from Mickey Joseph on Tuesday. That's important. Um, but we appreciate 1,870 people still in line. I think we topped out over 1,900 here on this Sunday. Is there afternoon. anything else we need to address? Um, I don't think so. And Robin's usually with us, but he's a New York Giants fan, so I, I did not want to get him down here. And Sip and I, we can handle it. We can handle yeah, it. Yeah, Robin needs days off. I mean, and, and listen, Robin wants to watch the NFL. He should be able to watch it. I mean, that's fine. But no, we appreciate everybody joining us. Make sure you check out HuskerOnline.com. Uh, tons of content, more things coming. I'm working on the rundown. Sip, Sipple's going to write a shenander kind of state of the defense program column here as well. Yeah, I try to put it in perspective and, I, and I'm going to lean on a, a conversation I had with him in the spring and just, just sort of try to put into context how quickly it unraveled, you know, and, and why. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating. I just going back to that discussion and all, and what he said was if we can just be a little bit better, if we can make a, if we can get an extra sack a game, another TFL, force one more turnover a game, we'll be pretty much where we want to be. Instead, four games in, he's gone, Sean. He's gone. He's cleaning out his office. It's amazing. Well, thank you again to everybody uh, for joining us. Uh, make sure you check out HuskerOnline.com. We've got a great special going on, $10 one year. Get you all the content at Husker Online. Steve Sipple, Robin Washup, Ryan Munson, Abby Barmore, myself, Greg Peterson, the entire team. That's HuskerOnline.com. Thanks again to our producer, Trey Yannity. He's the guy that hits all the buttons in the background. And thank you to everyone for joining us here uh, for another edition of Husker Online Live.